Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Liam. And I'm Ollie. For those of you that don't know, or for any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about, and then we give ourselves a week to read and research all about it, with the idea being that we can then share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with you, the listeners. Yeah, exactly. But we're not experts in anything that we talk about on this pod. This is just a summary and a recap of our findings. But hopefully by sharing some knowledge with you, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Definitely. And this week we're doing something a little bit different. So we're going to be covering a book. So let's jump right in and get on with this week's topic, which is a book by Seth Godin called The Dip. All right, Ollie, different one this week. We said before that we're going to try and maybe review a a book that might have some importance or some interesting things that that we think people might want to learn about. Um, This week, we've chosen the book, The Dip. Did you know anything about it beforehand? Only a little bit about it, that the author, a guy called Seth Godin, as you say, the book is called The Dip, and it's got a, a subheading of The Extraordinary Benefits of knowing when to quit and when to stick. And I I think the thing that I knew most about the book was that it was quite a short and hopefully impactful book. But do you want me to say a little bit about Seth Godin as well? Yeah, go for it. He's he's a guy who's been around for for years and years now. He started out more as a a person writing marketing books. Um, And so he's got a few other books out there that people might have heard of called Purple Cow or Permission Marketing. And this is where he'll he'll have some ideas. He's got a really famous blog that he also covers. He's got his own podcast and he he comes up with these different ideas and then quite often has quite short, impactful books. And just knowing that I'd heard about this one, I knew it was a, a business week and a Times New York bestseller from a number of years ago. So we thought, why not give it a go and see if there's some knowledge that we can share with everybody on this book? Yeah, totally agree. And just saying before we start about it being a short book, it is a very short book, isn't it? I think it took me, I downloaded it on my Kindle. I think it was like three pounds. I reckon it took me two sittings, maybe three at the most yeah. to get this read. So it's, you're right. It's, it's really short, sharp to the point. I think it's 80 pages. Oh, well, I, I don't know. I was on the Kindle telling me that my percentages at the bottom is like, <laughs> you know, every time I turned the page, I was 1% further in. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the dip. Yeah. What, what, when he says the dip, what, what, what does he mean when he, he says, or what, what is the dip? I think, can you, can you sum that in one sentence? Yeah. And it, it's, it, it's coming back to that, that subtitle about yeah, knowing when to quit or when to stick and just knowing that there are, are times where you will start off on a journey and you will come across difficulty along the way but it's it's all about pushing through that dip and because it it requires a lot of effort and focus and, and time for you to do it but the benefits of you doing it should be amazing on the other side yeah he says there's always a difficult season of learning isn't there when you start something new when you're trying to master a new skill uh, and, and generally what he explains happens is, is whenever you start something new, literally anything new, 
you tend to get quite good at it or relatively good at it quite quickly. You pick up new skills quite quickly and it makes you, you know, you feel good. You feel like you're progressing and then you're always going to hit a point eventually where you're going to really need to start putting some work in to get past average. Yes. And, and it's, it's really pushing through the bit that he calls the dip, this part to become exceptional or something. You know, if I went out and picked up a Frisbee for the first time, I'd get relatively all right at it quite quickly. I'd feel really good about it. I'd, I'd become an average Frisbee player quite fast. And then you're going to hit that point where actually you've got to start putting in the hours to really push through and become exceptional. Definitely. But there's there's one thing there where you're saying, yeah, put in the, the effort and the hours to become exceptional. And you can then also consider if you should actually quit. And there are some yeah. times where you shouldn't always push through the dip because you can't be a master at everything. And quitting the right thing takes some courage for you to a, be able to do that in the first place. Yeah, exactly. If, I, if I've got five hobbies that I've just started um, and I'm relatively average at all of them and I'm in a dip with every single one of them, actually, if I do have that courage to quit one or two of them, that extra time and those resources that I'm now not using, I can put towards the other skills or hobbies and perhaps get much better at those. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And this is on the first page of the book, he actually mentions that he says that he feels like giving up and he feels like giving up most days for a whole host of different reasons. And he quotes a really famous um, quote by Vince Lombardi, who was a, an American football coach. And it's that quitters never win and winners never quit. And he says that this is absolutely terrible advice because there is a time when you should quit things and there is a time when you should push through things. And so it's probably yeah, quit the wrong stuff and stick to the right stuff is is maybe a good place to start with it. He, he actually says, doesn't it, you know, we do quit things in life. And I think the example is, it's something like um, bedwetting. Like we quit that. We don't, we do quit doing that. We do quit our first job. We, you know, there are things that we do quit and that we have to quit to move forwards. And that, you yes. know, by saying don't quit, I'd, I'd still be at Sainsbury's. No, I'd still be at Fat Jacket's Jacket Potato Shop selling potatoes if I never quit that. So <laughs> you, exactly. you have to quit. You've got to quit eventually. But for those things that are worth doing and worth sticking at, there are huge benefits and advantages by seeing them out and, and making sure that you can then go on, use your time, your energy and your resources in a considered way and try and make yourself the best in the world. And he sort of has a, a bit of a definition. It's maybe worth just explaining where he's saying that, yeah, if, if you're not going to become the best in the world, then why should you even bother? Yeah, average, I was going to say something like average is for losers. Like don't yeah. be average. You need to be the best in the world at whatever it is you're doing. But the world is, it's um, like relative to you, isn't it? It's your world or the marketplace in which you are selling your things um, he doesn't mean world is in the whole world, but if I tomorrow started making donuts, I'd want to be the best donut maker in Swindon because that's where I live. Um, yes. You know, I'm not going to try and compete with Dunkin' Donuts, but equally, if I'm not going to be the best donut maker in Swindon, what's don't you know? If you, if I'm in this dip and I, and I don't think I can push through and become the best, then I should quit and I should go and do something else. Yes, yeah, that's right. And he he talks about. When you do then push through this, he talks about something called Ziff's Law. 
don't know if you came across this or, or had much of a thought, but that, that also uses a, another food analogy, or he uses a food analogy to explain it. And he was talking about, yeah, that the value of being the best in the world is that number one, the rewards are normally heavily skewed at being number one. So much so that number one normally gets 10 times the benefit of number 10 and 100 times the benefit of number 100. And his example that he uses is in the sales of ice creams by the International Ice Cream Association. Did you see what number yeah. one was? It's my favorite flavor. I'm, I'm vanilla all day long. <laughs> so we had, he, he then has a graph and it's, it's a really interesting graph to see where vanilla has about just under 30% of the market share of all ice cream. And then number two is chocolate followed by butter pecan, strawberry, Neapolitan, chocolate chip. But all of those are, you're looking at around like four, five percent. Yeah, vanilla was 20, vanilla is 28 percent and chocolate is eight percent. Now, chocolate is number two, but vanilla is number, vanilla is number one by masses. So his point basically is if, if you're going to be the best, if you're going to do something, you want to be the best in the world because the advantages go to the number one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this Ziff's law apparently applies to all sorts of things. So it implies to cinema tickets. So, you know, the, the highest grossing film that week, normally number one is way out in front yeah. compared to number two. And then subsequently, it's normally, 10. it's normally twice number two and then three times number three and four times number four. Yeah. And that's how it sort of works. So it's um, a, a short head and a long tail, I think is one way of describing it, that they, there's such a drop off if you're not being the best in the world. And yeah. he's just saying there are huge benefits of trying to be the best in the world. Yeah, but also with the world the way that it is, particularly a lot of this is to do with like business and things, but it isn't, it isn't. when I read it, I took lots out of it that isn't business related. Yep. That makes sense. Like I, yeah. I think it is much more to do with sales and things like that, but I, I did not read it like that when I was reading the book. So in the world that we live in now, because... Because um, there are so many, there's so much access to all the different products you can buy and stuff. What people generally do is they always want number one. If, if I wanted to buy a donut or I wanted to go to a restaurant, I will search up and I will go to number one straight away nowadays. That's what I, yeah. people do. I love the example where he said about a doctor. He said that if you're seriously ill and you've got a choice of doctors who could see to you, you would pick the best doctor. You wouldn't pick number two or number four or number eight mm -hmm. doctor. If you were, you know, serious with a seriously, you know, condition, cancer or whatever it might be, you would want the best. Yeah. And also you wouldn't care if that doctor was any good at Frisbee. No. I wouldn't care if that doctor could make me a good donut. I, all I care about is that that doctor is the best doctor in the world. And, it, you know, and that doctor, and, and when I say world, I mean my world. Yes. Um, in my world, he should be my world, in my world, the best doctor. And that doctor should have quit anything that was getting in the way of him becoming the best doctor or, or her becoming the best doctor in the world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, and you know, being the averagest doctor, being, being a number two good doctor, but actually he's pretty good at Frisbee because he spends his time doing that as well. Well, I'm going to the number one doctor most of the time. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And again, <laughs> just coming back to that best in the world is in the eyes of the consumer, the eyes of the, the person who you are, trying to convince or influence of being the best in the world 
Yeah, he says something, doesn't he say something like, be the best from a consumer's perspective. I want whatever I want. I want you to be the best in my world right now and you will have me at a premium. Yes. So if, if you are the best in my world at whatever it is I want, I will pay extra for it. And exactly. so, and so, you know, when you're doing something and you get into this dip, you basically it's, it's realizing how how valuable it is to be the best in the world at whatever it is you're doing. Definitely. That, that you don't have other things, you know, getting in the way, I guess. Yeah, yeah, completely. And he then he then goes on to talk about that there is a difference between strategic quitting and reactive quitting, which is why it's important to know where you are. He then talks about three different curves where you can apply this to all different parts of your life. You know, this this could be about losing weight. It could be about getting faster at running. It could be about getting better at hobby. It could be about quitting your job. You know, it could be a whole host of things where you can then apply this thinking to, but it gives you three different curves for you to then be conscious of and maybe then think, where am I? What should I be doing? Yeah. So the first one is, the first one he just calls the dip, doesn't he? Which is yes. just the dip. So this is, this is the long slog between starting and mastering. So you start something, you get quite good at it, and then you just it just becomes a really long slog where you don't seem to be making any progress. Basically, it's it's the most common one, isn't it? It's the one that you, you everybody can relate to probably. I, I quite like running. I'd love to get my five k under twenty minutes. Uh, after a few weeks, you know, if I haven't done it for a long time, I can get my five k under twenty minute under twenty two minutes quite easily. But then it's a long slog to get it back down under twenty minutes. You know, and yes, it's, it's yes. that really pushing through. And pushing and, and knowing that at the end of it, it will happen, but that it's going to take a long time just to bring those couple minutes down. So this is where what, what the curve looks like then is he has two axes. He's got a Y axis, which is results. And then along the bottom, the X axis is effort. And this is where you you then start to, to go over a bit of a hill and then it goes down because the effort is increasing, but the results are going down. This is where you sort of a plateau at a new skill. And then yeah. that is what the the dip is, where the effort is increasing, the results aren't happening as much as you would like. But if you push through that, then it will carry on going, and then it will start to go up to the other side, where the effort you put in gives the results that you want. And that is the dip. That's the most common one. He then mentions a cul-de-sac, doesn't he? Which is this is your dead end. This is that that thing where you just whatever it is you're doing, you work and you work and you work and you just, you, you never make any forward progress. Yeah. And he says very clearly that if you're here, get out of here, quit. Don't, don't, <laughs> yeah. don't wait. Don't. Now it's hard to know if you're in a cul-de-sac, but as soon as you know you are in whatever it is you're doing, you need to quit. And you know, you're going to get nowhere. That, that effort that you spend inside this cul-de-sac where you're putting in more and more effort and you're not making any progress, you could you put that effort to something else. And then to, to describe that curve, it's more like a flat line, isn't it? Yep. So you're putting in this effort along your x-axis, you're putting in this effort, but on the, the y-axis, it's just pretty much flat. It's just moving along just at flat. It's not going up, not going down, but your effort is, is increasing yep. all the time without seeing any results. Um, it might be worth saying here, actually, we'll put these curves on our social feeds can't we yes so if you're listening to this now and you haven't actually you, you you're finding it difficult to understand um maybe just go onto our instagram account at two guys one topic cheap plug and uh you'll be able to see them there as we talk about them definitely 
And then there's one other curve that he talks about as well, isn't it, Liam? Yeah, this one's called the the cliff, which I, I, it's a bit harder to explain, isn't it? Yeah, this the, the, the example here is that you you put in a lot of effort and you are seeing results. You're getting better and better, more and more effort, better and better, more and more effort. And then all of a sudden it just drops off a cliff and he likens this to smoking. And this is that, so you're, you smoke for years and years and years and you quite like it, what you're doing. The results that you're seeing are quite good in as much that you, you like smoking, you carry on smoking and you carry on doing it for a long time. And then all of a sudden you drop off a cliff because you die. But yeah. you spent a long time doing it and a long time in that situation. He, he actually, I think in the book, doesn't make too much of a big deal out of that one, though, does he? It, it doesn't come up very often. No. You know, it's worth, well, I mean, we'll show it, but. Yeah, I suppose an, an, another example, I'm um, thinking off the top of my head here, this, this might be a bit dangerous. It could be like a criminal enterprise, I guess. Like if you were doing something really bad, like you're you're putting in loads of effort, you could be like reaping loads of rewards, making loads of money, and then all of a sudden you get arrested and it all just drops off a cliff <laughs> and you lose everything. That'd probably work, wouldn't it? Pulled that one out, didn't he? Nice. <laughs> we, so we talked about the dip and that you have to work hard and that the benefits of being the best in the world far outweigh the benefits of being second best or third yes. best or being average, okay, at anything. But he does list some reasons why you might not become the best in the world. And... These are very, it's, re, it's worth knowing these so that you can plan for them in advance. Yes. Is the point, isn't it? It's, it's, these are the reasons why you might not become the best in the world. But actually, if you can prepare for this, then, then by all means, try and push through the dip. But if you cannot prepare for this stuff, then you should not be trying to push through the dip and you should be quitting. Exactly. And he says that there are seven reasons you might not be the best in the world being, number one, you run out of time and you quit. Number two, you run out of money and you quit. Number three, you get scared and you quit. Number four, you're not serious and you quit. Number five, you lose interest or motivation and you quit. Number six, you focus on the short term and quit. Number seven, you pick the wrong thing because you didn't have the talent. And they're the seven things that he highlights. Yeah, they, they, they all make sense, don't they? You, you, can, you can see how and why people then give up on certain things. You know, if you've got an idea to start a new business, but it's a really expensive way of operating, then number two, you could very quickly run out of money and quit. Yeah, absolutely. I've built an extension on my house and every single one of them, I reckon, you know, I could have yeah. happened at one point. Do you know what I mean? Like I was trying to do it on my own with, with a baby on the way. <clears throat> And just, you know, you lose interest because the baby turns up or running out of money, like any of those things you have, you prepare for them, don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just, you know, if you've, if you're trying to do something that wasn't achievable in the first place, number four, you end up that you're, you're not serious and you quit. You're saying, I want to be an astronaut, but is that really realistic? You know, it wasn't really a serious thing to be doing in the first place. You put in a little bit of time and effort and then you quit. So this is all about trying to make yourself become the best in the world for very good reasons, but there are reasons why you then will quit, which you want to avoid. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so within these curves, within this dip as well, there are types of dip. Yes. Aren't there? There are actual within, so, so I'm doing something, I've 
I've got quite good at it. I'm now sort of, well, I'm average at it. I'm now dropped into this dip that I know I'm going to push through because I've planned for it. But there are within the dip, there are some types of dip that Seth Godin mentions, right? Yeah, he tries to highlight some that you maybe might identify with, I suppose. And then again, this can then help you think about, am I in any of these or how might this book even apply to me even more? But do you just want to run through so, one of them? Yeah, so we've got the entrepreneur's risk dip, is what he calls. This is where bootstrappers hit a wall and they have to invest to get through the dip. So this is whereby if you've started a business perhaps and you are maybe copying somebody else, that will work for a little while. Um, but then you're going to hit a dip because you don't have the creative mind that perhaps the person you are copying does or the resources that the person you're copying does. Yep. And you can't keep up. And now without investing or hiring or more infrastructure or whatever you might need, you know, you're going to end up failing and not being the best in the world. Yep. And then I think this is a good, really common one. It calls the, the relationship dip. And this is just building the the right relationships now, nice and early, when it's difficult to do so. So in any walk of life, but it can apply, you know, in business terms um, or, or just within a job, I suppose, that if you all start off at the same time, you know, it's just basically being nice to everybody, putting in the effort when it's difficult, talk to different people, understand who they are. Because as you move through the company or move companies um, or, you know, different walks of life, it'll be valuable and you'll find yourself pushing through that dip because you'll have built those relationships already and you have a strong foundation to carry on knowing those people and, and helping each other out, basically. Yeah. These are almost like um, like other ways to prepare for a dip coming. You know, it's yes. if you know this sort of stuff might happen, then you can prepare for it so that when you get to this dip, you can push through it or you realise, actually, I won't be able to push through this. Um, yes. One of them is called the ego dip which is where if you've got an idea of something that you don't really want to let go of it. So you start with this idea that's your own, your little baby or I don't know, whatever it might be. And it does all right to begin with, but eventually you need someone's help, but you won't ask for someone's help or you won't give up any control. Yeah. Therefore you get stuck in this dip because you're not pushing forwards because you need someone to help you that you won't accept. Yes. Yep. So don't, yeah. Make, make sure your ego doesn't get in the way. Yeah. Um, there's another book out there called Ego is the Enemy, which um, might be one for the future. Um, and then there's another one which he has. So he's got eight. I'll just pick out one more, Liam. Um, so he's got eight of these different types of dips for you to, to identify with. And one of them is the dip of market acceptance. And this is where you need to keep on pushing through with you understanding that your market doesn't know who you are. So it might be that you're trying to influence one person. It could be that you're trying to influence thousands of people. but if you haven't got that market acceptance, you're not influencing the people that you want to be, but you need to keep on going until you get that critical mass and that you're not going into obscurity. Yeah. A bit like us with this podcast, right? We need to get <laughs> yeah. mass of billions of people on the planet. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that's probably a really good um, comparison, isn't it? Yeah. I think absolutely. I think, you know, we'll hit a dip eventually and just if we can prepare for it or know it's coming, then... Hopefully, you know, we've got our listeners with us. they got our back, don't worry. Oh, I'm sure we're they in do. 54 countries now, I think. <laughs> I think we had somebody listening to Sierra Leone the other day, by the way. So if that was you, let us know. <laughs> um, so he's talked about in maybe the 
first three quarters of the book, two thirds, three quarters of the book, he's talked about the reasons for being the best in the world, the different curves that you'll come across and that the reasons why it's really good for you to, to identify which curve you're on. If you're finding yourself in a dip, he gives those eight different examples, ones which you can try and anticipate and then get yourself through the dip to come out the other side and get those amazing benefits that he's spoken about. But the last little bit of the book, he talks more about quitting and then the importance of actually doing that and embracing it. And he starts out by saying that just being average at something is for losers. It's by being average, you can feel that you're in a safe place and you end up being not very remarkable and you're not really noticed or you're not noticing the situation that you're in, but you can actually then go on and push through that or make that difficult decision to properly pull the plug and quit. Yeah. Yeah. And that you should quit. If you're, if you're not going to be number one, quit right now. If you don't feel that you've got the, I don't know, energy or enthusiasm or drive to push yourself through the dip, then then quit. And that's absolutely fine. And it, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's like you said at the start, it's about being brave. And, and like, if I'm not going to get anywhere with this, then could I use my time somewhere else? Yes. Yeah, exactly. There's one of the stories that I liked what he said about just being conscious about quitting. And one of the stories is that no one quits the Boston Marathon at mile 25. Yeah, which I thought, yeah. was a, I thought was a brilliant way of putting it. If you've put in all this effort and you know, you can see your end goal and you can see that you're, that it's the potential for you to achieve it, then it's worth pushing through. If you haven't set that end goal in the first place and you're just floating around in that middle and you're just being average and you're not actually getting any closer to what that end goal might be, then it probably is the right thing for you to to quit because you're not actually going anywhere. And he, he talks about some really interesting stuff about tactical quitting, which is just um, coming up with an idea beforehand um, and making sure that you've you know what it is that you're doing. He also talks about some some short term panic, Liam, as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he talks about not quitting when you're panicking, and that if you even just asking yourself whether you should quit is a good thing, and that and that that is a step to success. Just just having that conversation with yourself: should I quit this and go and do something else or not? But yeah, when you're panicking. You shouldn't quit. You can always quit later. If you're in a, if you're in a, is what he says, basically, if you're, if you're in a bit of a panic, don't quit there and then because you're panicking. Just try and, I don't know, take a breath, take a step back. Just, you can quit later on. So don't quit there and then. Same with when you're under pressure, not to quit. You know, there are times to quit and there are times when you really, really should quit. But when you are under pressure or when you are panicking, those are not the time. You know, he says you can always quit later. So, you know, just take a step back from that and then a bit later on yeah there's a really good story that he had about deciding when you quit and then this is another running analogy one that he came up with which was from an ultra marathon runner called dick collins and he was saying that a key thing to do is to decide on the conditions with which you will quit before you get to them and this ultra marathon runner dick collins he says that when you're when you're miles and miles and miles if you're you know 30 miles into a run and you're sleepy, you're tired, it's cold, it's windy, it's raining, and you're thinking to yourself, should I quit or not? In that situation, you'd probably say to yourself, yeah, I should quit. Because yeah. you're, you know, you're not as mentally strong. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas if beforehand you've decided, you've made that conscious decision, either you know, obviously he can see the ending goal because he's a marathon runner, but in terms of you know something which isn't as well defined as having an end an end goal, if you decide right, what is the situation I would need to get in where I'd actually quit, then just having that foresight and knowing when you're going to do it is really really powerful and allows you to to do it strategically which is what it's all about right it's all about strategically quitting is essentially what he says isn't it and that yeah yeah exactly you quit you know there's nothing wrong with quitting just do it at the right time yeah and he says the best time you can do it is quit even before you start <laughs> <laughs> So if, if you can figure out again, just coming back to those things, like no, is it realistic exactly. what you're is it realistic what you're trying to achieve? Yeah. Like think about it in the first place. And then if it's possible, try and quit before you even attempt it. Yeah. If you run through those seven things we said earlier on and you know, oh right, actually I have got the money, I have, I have motivated enough, I have got the time, whatever, then Great. But if you realize on one of those, actually, I don't have enough time to do this, then don't even start doing it. And then you won't have to quit. Yeah, nice. No, I like that. And that probably brings us to the end of the book, I suppose. Yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good book. I thought it was a really good book. I thought it was really short, sharp, to the point. Yeah, I said to you, I, I, he does mention the same thing over and over again, which I think is the point. Yeah, and he covers it from a number of different angles, doesn't he? So you can sometimes, yeah. and it might even be when you've been listening to us, you might want to go back and re-listen to this pod again because we've said the word quit a lot. We've said the word dip a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it can maybe yeah, yeah. all merge into one, can't yeah. it? I, I felt that when I was reading it. I felt like, yeah, it was really short, but it, it felt, yeah, like you said, he's coming at it from all these different angles and and you're like, oh, he's, oh, he said it again and he said it again, but but really useful. I, I thought it was a really good book. I did think it was really useful. I suppose, and when we do books, we don't really have a two guys, one topic takeaway um, because it's it's not as straightforward to do a two guys, one topic takeaway for a book. There, there was maybe a, a short line in it that I really liked. Towards the end where this last section where he talks about quitting, it was saying quitting is not the same as failing. And this is where he talks about that strategic quitting is a conscious decision you make based on the choices that are available to you. And if you realize that you're at a dead end, so you're on that flat curve where nothing's happening compared to what you should be doing, then quitting is not only a reasonable choice, it is the right one. I just really like that as, as an idea, you know, endorsing that you can quit. Yeah. As long as you're consciously doing it. What was the the takeaway that you had from? Yeah, so yeah, um, it's funny reading this. I was reading this on my Kindle, and I was just highlighting like there's loads of little like nice little nuggets of information that you feel could sit on a poster somewhere, like motivational yes. sort of thing, couldn't they? I wrote this one down. Um, never quit something with great long term potential because you can't deal with the stress of the moment. So, yeah, nice. You know, the thing you're doing is going to reap you lots of reward in the future. Just but right now, it's stressing you out, and it's just. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like a wedding, I guess, isn't it? You know, <laughs> a yeah. wedding is great long term, but it, right when you're trying to arrange the wedding. Yeah. And that's, fun, that, is it? that's that cyclical analogy that you mentioned earlier of short term panic, but actually. Yeah. Exactly. It, pressure, panic. That's not pressure, fun. panic, pressure, panic. But actually, you can even push through that. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully people have enjoyed that. And hopefully we've done it justice in terms of it's a really short book. There is a lot of information packed into the short book. It covers the same idea around this dip from a number of different angles in a number of different ways. And I would definitely suggest that people spend, you know, the, the little amount of money it is, you know, a couple of coffees or a couple of beers that it would cost them to, to buy it. Very quick and easy book to read to then maybe help them evaluate some parts of their life. Yeah, I think it'd be... I'd like I'd like everybody to let us know what they think if they have read it or when they do read it because like you said this is a bit a slightly different pod isn't it it's a uh, it's a bit different re not reviewing a book but sort of talking about a book yeah um, um, so it's a bit different to what we normally do so let us know what you think um hit us up on the socials at two guys one topic instagram facebook twitter it'd be really interesting to know what everybody thinks sounds good hope you enjoyed everybody get out there and share some knowledge <laughs>